0: From worlds beyond, to right at the gaming table, these are all my fantasy children. Hey, Jeff! Hey, Aaron! Welcome all to All My Fantasy Children. My name is Aaron Catano. And my name is Jeff Stormer. And this is a podcast... Where we take your prompts from Twitter, Facebook, Discord, Gmail, and we roll them into a tabletop fantasy character just for you. Yelp, Tinder, (laughs) Grinder. We take your, we take your Grinder prompts and (laughs) we grind them up. No, wait, no. We take your Grinder prompts and we run far away. We see how close you are on that. No, I can do it better than that. We take your grinder prompts. We go get coffee. Then we call Tinder prompts and we all meet up and we make a
1: tabletop baby together. It's, it's really a beautiful process. It's incredibly graphic though. I just, I, I feel like yes. we should specify. You don't want to see it happen directly.
0: Yeah. All my fantasy children after dark will uh, feature our grinder and Tinder. Um, <laughs> and Bumble collaborations,
1: yeah, where it's yeah, basically,
0: yeah. it's like six people screaming their suggestions into a microphone, and that simulates a <laughs> tabletop character <laughs> creation orgy. Yeah, it's going to be great. Holy shit.
1: It's going to be a lot of fun. This got
0: so fucky in like four <laughs> seconds. We apologize, but we don't. I don't. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I just have to kind of say it if someone's like, oh, he's gads. How, okay. how filthy? In reality, Fair I'm like, enough. go
1: fuck yourself. <laughs> Fair enough. Aaron, do we have a prompt this week?
0: You're goddamn right we do. This week's prompt comes from Taylor Labresh at Leviathan Files, and it is Brrr. Mr. Jeans, his manager, wheelin' and dealin' to get them the best booking, may or may not be a Micanid in disguise.
1: That's a great prompt. That's, That's a quality prompt.
0: prompt. So before we get into this, let's, let's talk about Mr. Jeans.
1: Let's talk about Mr. Jeans. Let's talk about Myconids. Yeah,
0: I was going to ask you, can you, can you shine some golden light on this Myconid subject?
1: I sure can. So Myconids are basically mushroom people. <laughs> they are brightly colored fungi creatures who live underground. Ooh, I didn't know They're, that part. They are mushroom people. They, their heads are like the heads of a mushroom. They come between four and six feet tall, all shapes and sizes and colors, and they're, like, psychically powerful. What? Yeah.
0: Like, they have psychic powers? Yeah. Like, telekinesis and telepathy?
1: No, it could, I mean, I mean, among other things, yeah. Holy
0: shit. That's amazing. And they, I'm sure they have some
1: kind of spore.
0: They have stun spore. Probably, yeah. yeah,, I mean probably. It's
1: probably not very effective, but it's probably effective, but it'll
0: probably still get you to trip
1: those good balls, yeah
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all right, <laughs> so Mr. Jeans, so Mr. Jeans yeah. is thely world's <laughs> manager, yes, in the real <laughs> recent circuit, um what the f- what <laughs> like how did this mushroom come to be because I have an idea, all right, but to get there, we're gonna have to go back. And I don't know, do you want to go back?
1: I think we got, I think we got to go, I think we got to go back, no matter where that falls in time and space. All right. So here's my
0: idea of how a mushroom comes into contact with. Let's go back to the story of Eliza and Callahan. Let's. So the forest maze. Right. Um, Eliza and Callahan are poking around. They're searching for the center of this maze where they think a relic. Or some kind of magical item is waiting in the middle that can turn Callahan back into a sexy, sexy human. Right. Do they find it?
1: I think so. I think I think so, yeah. I think so, too.
0: Because what I'm thinking is they come upon... I want to make it kind of spooky because it's, you know... So at the center of a forest maze, we'll say, is a skeleton. And next to the skeleton is some headgear. Right. I don't know what it looks like yet, but it's it's some headgear. And it's, it's got a magical hum to it. It's got some, it's got some strong feelings emanating from it. And I think, uh, Callahan is like cat eyes wide, striding toward this thing. It's calling to him to put it on somehow. And I think Eliza helps him put on the hat. And, um. And it
1: probably looks adorable because it's a cat and a human sized hat.
0: Yes. It is It is the cutest.
1: He's probably got... All, oh, my God. He probably has to curl up all the way inside it like a cat. Oh, that's adorable. Like a cat in a bowl. Adorable.
0: Okay. Okay. So it is so fucking cute. And just like that, there is a huge flash of light. Eliza is blinded. Um, Nibbles, the mouse, is just very confused as to what's going on. Because the next thing you know... The very sexy Callahan Whiskerman is restored to a fucking human. Yes. Happy ending to their story. Happy ending to their goddamn story. So Eliza's a badass ranger now. Uh Callahan is just a uh, he's had a lot of experience as a cat, so he is very confused about how to people again. Mm-hmm. But they find their way out.
1: They don't find their way back to the halfling lands. I mean, that's going to require... That would require years, but they find their way out of the forest.
0: Yeah, well, we did say in the Eliza episode that she... They want to see... They want to
1: explore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So,
0: they want to see what's out there. I'm thinking that Eliza, now that she has her sexy man back, who's got a very sexy hat.
1: Very sexy hat.
0: It only... His fuckability rating has at least doubled. Because there's something different about him now. Right. He's just a little more in tune with the people around him and everyone else in the world and understanding what they're feeling and kind of being able to empathize more with the other fantasy races you know what i mean
1: yeah i know exactly what you mean yeah
0: so eliza i think uh starts they start their fantasy tour they they want to travel the world and i think that leads them to what they think is the edge of the world which is the frozen wastes
1: Right, the frozen north.
0: (laughs) The frozen north. So we're a little northern now. It's chilly. Nibbles is fine. Nibbles is in a new pouch still around Callahan's neck. A fur-lined pouch. Yeah.
1: Still very cute.
0: Oh, everything about this is so fucking adorable. So here's my question for you. Eliza and Callahan are back. The band is back. So I know they're getting down. During this adventure. They fucking Sure. Yeah, of course. As as people in love do, they sometimes want to express that love when they can and when they want to.
1: And they have not been able to do anything for a very long time because, as we established, that is a crime. (laughs) Yes.
0: So let the good times roll. They're getting wild in their adventures. It's all very sexy. That'll be a series of romance novels that we release about Eliza and Callahan getting down. Sure, sure, sure. All over the planet. So... I think that on their journey, Eliza gives birth. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. So they're getting to the frozen north. Now, what I'm thinking is, is a little sad. Okay. I don't know if Callahan makes it.
1: Uh, where, like, let me hear where you're going with this.
0: Okay. So I'm thinking it's a very difficult journey. A dragon person does not do well in the frozen north.
1: I don't know if it necessarily is that. I don't even know if it necessarily needs to be that. I think it can just be, it's a difficult journey and he just doesn't make it. I mean, he doesn't have a whole, he doesn't have the same skills that Eliza has.
0: Oh my God. That's really fucking good. Damn. Okay. So he just flat out croaks because it's like they lose, they die in a bat. He dies in a battle.
1: I was thinking that he just like, doesn't that like, there's like an avalanche or something (gasps) or a crevasse and he can't make it out. (laughs)
0: Oh, okay, perfect. Alright, this is this is phenomenal. I have it. So right. they're um they're in the frozen north. They're just getting there. Let's name it. What do you want to name the frozen region? I was thinking like Glacier or something. Glacia's good. I like Glacia. They're in Glacia and um they're they're in their ice climbing gear, you know, their spiked shoes. Um Eliza has the baby in a papoose, like held tight.
1: Sure, sure, sure.
0: My god, I know exactly what happens. All right, hit me. So they're worried as the temperature is dropping and dropping. It's getting, it's very, very fucking cold.
1: Sure, yeah. It's the they're worried
0: that the baby might get a little bit chilly. Callahan takes off his fancy hat and wraps the child in it. Kind of okay, makes like a yeah. little bucket for them. Cool. And as that happens, he notices that his ability to get around in this new environment is sl- is lacking. He's getting less talented at surviving this terrain and he slips in his footing and he falls into a crevasse in the ice.
1: I, that is heartbreaking and I love it.
0: And Eliza, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry listeners, but there is that dramatic moment where she turns back and her rope is pulled, like the rope that's attached to her waist. Right. Yeah. Suddenly just drops and Callahan is dangling in this hole as a, as Eliza has, uh, Like an arrow, you know, holding her to the Mm -hmm. ice with one arm, clutching the rope with the other. And the baby is crying on her chest, wrapped in this hat. And Callahan has to make the decision that he cuts it loose to save the two of them. And he goes falling into the darkness. That's a fucking bummer.
1: That's a super bummer.
0: And what happens next? So Eliza and the child continue on into the frozen north of Glacia until they reach a settlement. Right, and I don't know what kind of creatures are there yet. What, what, what do you want them to? What kind of settlement do you want this to be? People, Uh, humans, either one, or like who would set up in the frozen wastes?
1: Ice people, like ice humans? Yeah, like ice creatures.
0: Oh, so like some kind of like ice elemental type people? Yeah, like the ice has taken living form. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah, that's new. I like like ice spirits. Ice spirits. They have a name. Ice spirits. They're just called ice spirits. Yeah. I'm into that. Fuck yeah. Ice spirits. Didn't mean to doubt that name at all. I was like, (laughs) are you sure? sure? That's a, it's a sick name. So they're in the, so Eliza and this child, they're in the village of ice spirits. Loyal listeners, I think that it's a simple hunting village.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're,
0: they're struggling out here. You know, life is hard and eliza has to start a new life the ice spirits i think they're good natured people
1: yeah for sure
0: yeah absolutely and i think they definitely have some kind of magical attunement they're pretty much made of magic and ice yeah they're
1: magical beings yeah yeah
0: and i think they welcome in eliza because there's something special about uh her or they think there is they feel something they feel something special from mother and child
1: yeah for sure
0: okay so, Eliza starts her new life in, um, what's this town called?
1: I think, I, I think it's a nomadic tribe, is the thing. What is the tribe called? I think that, well, I think that the ice spirits are like a tribe, right?
0: Oh, that is their fucking
1: name. So, like, they are the, these ice beings, these ice beings wander, they wander along the ley line that created them. Oh, ooh, fuck,
0: yes.
1: Oh, that's so good. That's some cool shit.
0: So they they have a deep magical attunement, and they know that if you travel, if you stay close to the ley lines, because they, they can feel it underneath their feet, it'll provide for you.
1: Because they are living embodiments of this. They're like almost a byproduct of this magic. They're like elementals. Damn. So they're like walking along.
0: So Eliza starts a new life here with this child, and, you know, they're learning the ways of hunting and fishing and... Eliza's a ranger, so Eliza's no stranger to like a hunt. So I think that it I've got starts...
1: I've got something. What you got? So here's here's what I'm thinking. Eliza is super good at hunting, and I think the thing is she has to be because she's the only one in the tribe that has to like get food. Mm, because if they're like ice yes, beings, they if they're like, don't... like magical beings. They they're just they're living off of the magic of the ley line. But she's like, I need food. Like I eat. <laughs> yeah, I need
0: fish. So Eliza has to start hunting in the frozen wastes to provide for her and her child. Yeah. And I think that's going pretty well. Like, it's, you know, it's slow at first, but obviously Eliza's like a level 99 fucking ranger. She's going to do pretty well. And so I think as the kid is growing, as the child grows, obviously that hunting, like teaching your child to hunt... um. Like, we as humans, my God, that's, like, been a rite of passage and, like, it's a necessity to teach your children how to hunt and gather. And I think that's just because Eliza knows that one day I'm not going to be here. You need to learn this stuff. So she starts training this child in the way of combat and in the way of, you know, shooting a bow, throwing a spear, gathering ice berries.
1: Yeah, that, you know, survival stuff. (laughs) Exactly.
0: And as the child becomes, like, a teenager um i'd say a 14 you know mm-hmm. eliza yeah. is starting to notice that this child has a lot of power in them like it's just you know the culmination of her and her husband is sure. just uh this badass i've got something okay
1: uh what i think is happens is eliza is like Teaching her kid all of these things, right? Like, there, she's teaching them all of her like combat skills and her tracking skills and her survival skills, and she's also teaching her child about like this is who we used to be. This is the story of your father who's no oh longer here. God, that's so sad. So, oh. She's passing along all this knowledge about like all that kind of stuff, and eventually she passes on like the hat that he used to wear. Oh my god! And it's like an heirloom of their father that they never knew. Do
0: you know how they pass along the stories of the child's father and who they used to be and Pyrrhyth and all the world they've seen? No, go ahead. Through song. Yeah, abs- yeah absolutely. And it gives this child a passion for music and ex- freely expressing themselves and just the power that music has to tell a story. And so this hat is passed to the child.
1: Yeah, and so they put the hat on and immediately the child's appearance, like, changes, right? Ooh. Like, they they immediately start to have this ability to, like, take on the appearance that they want to take on, to be the person they want to be, right?
0: Yeah, like, at any time. I think it's... What it's doing is, uh, the hat is picking up the stories that Eliza has told and is, like, creating a dwarf face, creating an elf face. That's pretty cool. That's really cool. Um, Um, Yeah, All these things that are inside the child's mind, like the imagination... Of these different faces are just kind of swapping the appearance of the child over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Because at first it's not controllable; it's just this once per second, the face and the body of this child, Jesse.
1: I mean, is on the jet. I mean, we said the prompt at the beginning, so I, I feel like.
0: Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> but we didn't have. They didn't know. I mean, yeah, you're right. I'm just
1: messi- I'm just messing with you. <laughs>
0: I'm still really excited to reveal the fucking oh, God, origin yeah. in the new world. Oh, God, I mean, yeah. Are you kidding didn't, me? This is yeah, awesome. I know. It didn't work in Lord of the Rings, but now it's it's real now.
1: It's real now. No, I'm super excited about this. I've been excited about this for a long time.
0: Okay, so first of all, I want to talk about names real quick. Because although yeah. we, we, we are acknowledging that names are important and that, uh, you know, we did identify in the last episode that Slip is the name that
1: Jesse Slip Willis takes. I've been using, in my mind, I've just been using Slip because I think that's, that's like, the name, you know?
0: Yeah, because we, d- we said the name is Jesse Slip Willis, but do you want to cancel that? We can't. I mean, I don't give a fuck.
1: No, I think I'm fine with whatever. Like, I think
0: it's, like, a family name. Yeah. Like, only Eliza ever called Jesse, Jesse, and then uh, when they said on their own, it was just Slip Willis.
1: Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot.
0: Yeah, this is early adolescence. Yeah. Slip set out in our story, the initial one, at like 27, and right Mm -hmm. now they're like 14, 15. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So this hat. Yeah. They have the hat of many faces, and uh, what's the deal? Like, are they fueled with immediate power, or is it like a gradual thing?
1: I think it's a gradual thing. I think they learn to control it over time. I think it becomes a thing where, like, they're initially overpowered by it. Mm Mm-hmm. But in hearing stories about how it, like, changed Callahan from a cat to a person, Mm -hmm. they're able to, like, understand how it works and change their, uh, like, appearance and things. Yes. And all that stuff. Yeah.
0: Okay, cool. I like the idea that it's fueled by Slip Willis's imagination.
1: Yeah, I like that a lot. No, I think that's fantastic. I think that, because that, they take on the appearance that Slip wants to take on, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's all about just whoever they want to be in that moment. They can totally move in and out of that. And I think, uh, is Eliza, Eliza's still around, obviously, to help with this.
1: Yeah, for sure. Hmm.
0: Oh, it makes perfect fucking sense. They're in their teenage years. They're mm-hmm. obviously still figuring out who they are as a person. And I think Eliza is there to encourage, like, this exploration of physical and emotional identity for Slip Willis right now.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, Eliza's
0: yeah. like, no, honey, it's okay. Um, you know, you can literally, Take whatever form you want. If you're feeling a little glum today, you can be an elf, you know? But if you're yeah. feeling great, feel if you feel like being frisky, feel free to be a dwarf today. Yeah, right. Hell yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's super cool. So, let's talk about... Oh, I know why Slip leaves. I know, I know why Slip leaves. Why?
1: Because Eliza's been talking about nothing but leaving their entire life.
2: Yeah. So
1: they're like, it's my turn to see the world. And I think... Oh. Moreover, I think Eliza's okay with it. Oh, totally. I think Eliza's like, you're right. No, it's you know, I I saw the world. It's only fair if that's what you want. It's fair. It's it's time for you to to do what you want. Go. You have my blessing,
0: and I want you to see it through as many sets of eyes as humanly possible.
1: Yeah. Fuck. That's so cool.
0: Um. Mm-hmm. I was. Th- let me. Let me. Let me retract my frozen wastes. This area is baller. It's like every night there's a aurora borealis. The ice spirits have it made in the shade. Like everybody, it's the frozen.
1: Th- it's the frozen north. There's yeah. there's beautiful. There's beautiful like ice fields and aurora borealis and ice spirits walking around. Yeah, and
0: the music is great. And I, I think that's what uh, Slip takes with them is um, the use of oral tradition and like storytelling through song.
1: Mm-hmm. Is yeah.
0: is a very ice spirit thing. And so I think that they, when they're like, when I go out, I'm going to be a million different people, but mm-hmm. I'm always going to keep telling stories through song and playing it on my uh, whalebone lute. I'm going to keep that with me, and I'll sing the songs of the Ice Spirits whenever I can. Yeah, in the Ice spirit style. I think there's a very specific style, and every song that the bard, Slip Willis, plays will be in that genre.
1: Yeah, right. Absolutely. Fuck
0: yes. Okay, I had an idea the other day.
1: All right, just
0: just a little. It's just a little detail about Slip. Okay, so I think whenever there's an Ice Spirit song, you know, being a badass, like spreading the word and being a you know shit talking trash bard, it's whalebone loot. But I think whenever it's a private moment with Slip, when it's time to reflect on who they are, and you know thoughts of Eliza, I think I like a flute.
1: I'm into that. Yeah, that's 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 nice. That's sweet.
0: Okay, great. Just I just wanted to throw that one out.
1: No, I like that a lot. I think that's I think that's wonderful.
0: So Slip Willis is now 27, right? Right. Fully trained badass child of Eliza. Mhm.
1: And Mr. Jeans. Do you want to hear what I think Mr. Jeans looks like? Fuck yes, I do. Cuz I've got a real specific idea and I'm going to walk you through the whole process. <laughs> Please, go ahead. So when I think so, a Mike in it is a mushroom person. Yes. And when I think mushroom person, I think of a very specific mushroom person. Oh. I think of. Do you know the video game The Super Mario Brothers? I might be a little familiar. Go on. I think of specifically Toad from the Super Mario Brothers video games. Ha <laughs> ha. However, when I think of the phrase Mr. Jeans, professional wrestling manager, I think of specifically Danny DeVito's character from Hercules.
0: <laughs> this will always <laughs> make me laugh.
1: So, what I'm thinking. Okay. When you picture Mr. Jeans, I want you to picture very specifically if somebody were to say, I'm going to make another Super Mario movie, yeah. but it's going to be real, real close to the source material. Oh, God. <laughs> But then they cast Danny DeVito as the... Oh,
0: so it's a Danny DeVito mushroom.
1: It's Danny DeVito in Toad's outfit from Mario Brothers. Oh. With the big mushroom hat.
0: My, g- same exists vest. <laughs>
1: Toad is wears a vest. With no shirt on. No shirt
0: on, absolutely not. <laughs> and,
1: and white pants pulled up at least to the belly button. But
0: I want you to keep in mind that, like, Toad's mushroom hat, it's not a hat. So you have to imagine Danny DeVito's forehead flowing into this mushroom cap.
1: Yeah. Which is just horrifying. <laughs> and I want you to real specifically picture that this is like immediately after recording a season of It's Always Sunny. <laughs> so he's gross and he's got like the gray hair sticking yes. out of the back. Ew. He's disgusting. Hey, it's Mr. G. <laughs> hey, it's Mr. Jeans. How are you guys? Ew. I'm here to, I'm here to help you slip.
0: I'm here to help you wrestle. Okay, so I want to talk about why the fuck is Mr. Jeans their manager? I have an sure. idea, but I what the fuck is happening?
1: Tell me why Mr. Jeans is friends with Slip Willis Aaron. Why don't you talk to me, buddy?
0: Oh, well mr. <laughs> jeans um my my thought is that uh Eliza's a little cutie, yeah Eliza right, sure. loves. Her baby more than anything in this world. So I think she uses nature magic to create a companion.
1: She is a halfling.
0: Yeah, to create a companion for Slip Willis to travel the world. Because I think that Eliza knows that there's like a deep sleeping power.
1: Yeah, for sure. Oh, she's, she understands what this, this artifact is. And I don't,
0: yeah, and I don't think
1: that Slip knows completely. No, I don't think so.
0: Yeah. So Eliza makes, uh, makes Mr. Jeans to keep them, kind of keep them on the straight and narrow, like puts, her and Callahan's collective consciousness into a Danny DeVito mushroom <laughs> to kind of help them turn into the hero they were born to be.
1: See, I don't, I, I don't know if I see it as their collective consciousness. I think that she just uses it to animate a mushroom in the same way that, say, one might animate a pumpkin. Holy fuck!
0: I t- scratch everything from the fucking record. Eliza uses, uh, what did we say? planar?
1: planer energy, Planar yeah.
0: unrest energy and channels it into a little mushroom
1: and turns it into Mr. Mr. G. And
0: I think the when when this all started was when Slip first got the hat when they were 14. Eliza, that's when Eliza started the mushroom and it's been growing with Slip for 13 years in a little like pot in their house. And now yeah. it's finally like, hey, I'm ready. I can't do Danny DeVito and I won't try. So I'm going to say, this is Mr. Jeans. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to leave you to the Mr. Jeans voice. He's
1: just, he's just, he's, just, hey, use, I'm ready to go. I'm Mr. Jeans over here. Jesus. And they're like, oh, and they're like, oh my God.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I think Slip is very like, what the fuck are you? I'm here <laughs> to I,
1: teach you how to wrestle. What the fuck are you talking about? i like, Eliza's like, something went wrong. <laughs>
0: What have I done? Oh, god damn it. Halflings and their goddamn planar unrest.
1: Hey, everybody. And they're like, oh, oh, god.
0: Yeah, it shows up very boisterous, like, kicks open the door to their hut and is like, hey, you ready to train slip? Ah, uh, no. Fuck
1: off. Watching my stories. I think the first time that it happened, it was literally like dinner time or something. <laughs> And he kicks open the door, he's like, Mr. Jeans is here! And they're like, what the hell is that?
0: Yeah, Slipwheel has like a fucking spear at its little mushroom (laughs) cap, and it's like, you don't have to kill me, I'm just Mr. Jeans. Your mom, your mom hired me to train you. Mr. (laughs) Jeans does not know his own origin.
1: (laughs) Eliza's head is in her hands like oh god oh god God."
0: I really had higher expectations I think Eliza had planned like a six foot tall giant like wrestling beast that's like wow let's train and like the ultimate like sensei but really got Danny DeVito yeah (laughs) all right so what I'm going to take from this Jeff is that the only way for Slip to become the true hero that they were meant to be like When I say true hero, I'm talking, like, unlock the powers of the hat that make them a fucking Big Jeremy-level god.
1: Right, for sure.
0: Is, um, because it's Philatitis, Danny DeVito, are there trials?
1: I think there gotta be trials. There's gotta be tests. I don't know if trials is the word I would use. What would you use? Title matches. (laughs) Oh.
0: Wait. If it's wrestling career mode, Jeff, they don't start in the fucking title match.
1: No, they have to earn their way up. Listen, I've watched a lot of wrestling anime.
0: Let me sit the fuck down and let you take the reins.
1: Slip is going to have to prove that, like, the only way that they're going to prove that they're going to earn their own power. Yes. Is by achieving bigger and better, glorious titles and proving that they are unquestionably, like, the greatest fighter in the region. So to do that, they're going to have to beat the champion of each individual region. What the hell? And to do that, they're going to have to earn their way up to the title match and then beat that champion in a title match.
0: Shit, yes. Okay, so let's start at the top then. What What is Mr. Gene's training regimen like?
1: <laughs> <laughs> What's oh, Danny DeVito
0: okay. got Slipwheels doing? Like push-ups? <laughs> or is it like they have to clean the Aegean stables and it's just like horse shit type things?
1: I think it's both. I think it's, I'm picturing a montage of, like, Slip doing push-ups, and Mr. Jeans is, like, sitting on their back.
0: Yeah, of course, eating a bowl of ramen.
1: (laughs) Eating like a hoagie.
0: (laughs) eating a hoagie, which is a submarine sandwich, for those of you not familiar with the South Jersey regionalism. A hoagie is a sub-sandwich, but yeah, Mr. Jeans loves fucking hoagies. (laughs)
1: <laughs> just eat <eating> the hoagie
0: he <laughs> always eating a hoagie it's like slip you can't work on an empty
1: stomach where do you keep getting hoagies from don't, don't, worry, don't worry about don't it don't
0: worry about it you worry about your training all right so this training is it is it traditional training or is it like karate kid training
1: i think it's got to be like karate kid training right like it's got to be i think slip has the moves
0: already it's ever it's about everything else like slip knows how to power bomb and how to like suplex we established that before
1: yeah, what, th- what I think it's got to be is just be is power, right? Ooh, it's just sheer strength. The strength is what's missing. Like, strength, agility, it is actual fight. It is fighting spirit.
0: Ooh, because we-, we said in the last one that they've got plus 10 strength, which is, like, a lot, but it's not enough to, like, beat Big Jeremy in an arm wrestling match. Right. And they got to get there. Yeah. How do they do it? Like, what is this training regimen, then? Like, punching mountains? Like,
1: fighting Goku? Moving boulders from point A to point B, it's a lot of like, There, it's definitely some please clean this restaurant so they'll give me a free hoagie. Oh,
0: Jeff, that's why we got to talk about, they're a trash bard. How does that title come to be? How does that lifestyle come to be? You know who teaches them the trash (laughs) lifestyle?
1: (laughs) Is it Mr. Jeans?
0: It's fucking Mr. Jeans. Mr. Jeans is like, if you can eat 300 bean burritos from Fantasy Taco Bell. You know, your strength will increase by five.
1: You got to have an eye and stomach if you're going to succeed. Eat all these hard-boiled eggs. <laughs> I really don't want to. Eat the eggs.
0: I'm going to throw <laughs> up if I eat these eggs. Eat the eggs. But then it'll be like
1: yeah whole, whole montage of egg eating. Like they start out to eat three and they puke and it cuts over to Mr. Jeans and he's shaking his head.
0: But I think what the, what the training is, it's everything is – in these weird increments, like the eggs, each egg weighs 100 pounds. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like, like, so Slip thinks it's normal. Like Slip is like, this is all just normal training. You know, I'm training to be a fighter. But Mr. Jeans knows that like, he's casting some incantations on these mm-hmm. eggs that each one is just gradually bigger and heavier, and it's just making them slightly stronger and stronger. Like Slip. Slip, I want you to do this dance routine. I'm going to put my hat on the ground, and we're going to dance in the streets for some money (laughs) so I can buy a hoagie and some Baja Blast, all right? Yeah. And I need you to do some dancing for the fine people of Moon Crescent. What? That sucks. Oh, God. And it's like, do it, dance. Put on these shoes. And they're like 4,000-pound shoes. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out some – it's – some sort of trash person training program
1: uh, <laughs> i think trash person training program is exactly it yes and i think it's you said karate kid-esque and i think it's exactly that where like you know the scene in karate kid where he's like he throws the chop and he he does the wax on and he does the wax off and it yes. turns out like he was actually teaching you how to block yes it's a lot of that where it's like, you know, I forced you to eat eggs so you could learn to control your bot your like stomach. Ooh. So if somebody punches you in the gut, like you don't get wi- like you don't get the wind knocked out of you because you know how to like compress your muscles if you oh. feel like things leaving your stomach. Shit,
0: that's fucking
1: brilliant.
0: Like, flexibility is, I need you to hook up my N64 while you hook up my Super Nintendo at the same time. So they have to get yeah. behind the TV and, like, finagle themselves in a way behind Mr. Jean's TV wall unit, and that'll teach them, like, to be more flexible. Yeah. <laughs> That's the dumbest shit I've ever said, by the way.
1: Or it's like, um... Like the, the hat example, it's like dance around this hat. But what he's really teaching is he's teaching Slip to like dodge things. Cause now they're, now they're dancing, they're bobbing, they're weaving, they're like. It's almost like capoeira, where it's like the dance fighting.
0: Oh my god, because people are obviously throwing food and garbage at Slip Willis.
1: They're like, get out of here. Get out of here. Moon
0: Crescent does not like dancing.
1: (laughs) Moon Crescent hates dancing and almost as much as it hates Mr. Jeans. (laughs) Mr. Jeans
0: is this constant (laughs) plague to each town that he goes to, and that's what- Oh my god. The whole point is to toughen Slip up.
1: And, oh my god, Aaron. What? The other half of that prompt. What is it? When he's 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 wheeling and dealing to get Slip bookings. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other half of the training is he's being so obnoxious and annoying. He's being so obnoxious that people are like, yo, get out of here. And Slip has to fight them to defend the honor of Mr. G. Oh my and god. And that is how they're getting into fights. <laughs> that is how he books them matches.
0: Holy shit. So Slip, okay. So Mr. Jeans is teaching them to be a trash person by making them do horrible things like eating tons of Taco Bell, dancing in the streets for money, hooking up Nintendo 64s.
1: Like, hey, hey, Slip, come here, come here, gotta come in here. Listen, I ate a lot at this restaurant and I have no money. I'm a mushroom person. What do you want me to do? (laughs) I need you to clean this entire restaurant and all the dishes.
0: In- three minutes yeah so it teaches them to be fast
1: yeah and it teaches them to be like detail oriented because if you watch the details you know what to target on your opponent
0: oh my god so slip willis is living this horrible like <laughs> this trash, trash person life. life
1: but but the secret
0: is it's getting them stronger okay so what i will say about this then okay so they're going to every town and they are Pretty hated because of Mr. Jeans. Yeah. So we got to remember the hat of many faces, though. Ooh, so they're not ready to join the wrestling league yet. You know what I mean? To to be known. They have to stay underground. They have to stay low profile. So I think Mr. Jeans is like, use that hat of many faces to be whoever you want to be right now. Because when the time comes, you'll know who you are. So right now, while they're training, it's like, I'm a dwarf. An elf, because they're still you know, they're going from city to city and uh being hated, they don't want people to know that it's Slip Willis just yet. They're like, We'll reveal you in due time. Don't worry about that. We'll get to your persona. Don't persona is last. Right now you use that hat and live as many lives as you can, Slip. Yeah. Right now I think it's just switching back and forth, things like that. Uh maybe they use it to confuse their opponents.
1: I like that, yeah.
0: It's like, I don't know, something.
1: No, I think that's good. I think it's, it's, I think it also, like, it lets them get places that they wouldn't be able to get to otherwise. Uh, I, I, I also got it, I got it. Okay. So part of this whole thing that they, this whole setup that they've got. Yeah. Is when Mr. Jeans gets Slip into a fight. Yes. Slip has to enter the fight as a person of that culture because. That way they, that way they could. it's easier to win people, to win the people's trust if you are Ooh, one of them. Going, in,
0: That's amazing.
1: Going inside baseball into wrestling real quick. It's something that you see in wrestling sometimes where they're like, hey, I'm a guy from this town. Everybody cheers for them. So when the heel is like, I hate this town. The face comes in and is like, no, I grew up here. Like Ooh. I'm from, I'm from here. So it's so, like, it's it's a, it's also a tactic to get people on to Slip's side so that Slip can more easily, like... Win. Yeah.
0: Becoming every people's champ. Yeah. Holy shit. That's awesome. That's Mr. Jeans, baby! That's Mr. Jeans' trash training regimen for you Um, what I will say, though, is that this sounds really shitty for Slip Willis. This sounds exhausting.
1: It is. Oh, it is for sure. You're,
0: like, 27. This is a lot of work. It is. It is, for sure. It's a lot of strenuous work. I'm sure it's rough on the old identity.
1: But here's but here's the thing. Yeah. Think about the moment Slip Willis wins a fight. Mm-hmm. When the crowd erupts in cheers. Yeah. And they are a step closer to embracing their destiny as the ultimate warrior. Okay. Not the ultimate warrior. Yes, trademark. no. No, no, no. <laughs> as the ultimate fight. No, the ultimate fighting is a thing. As the As the greatest warrior in the universe there you go got it got it on third times a charm baby i think it's i think that it's a lot of work but it's worth it for that
0: i think the feeling that comes from the people yeah is what it's all about and that's where it comes to uh but i think that's where the difficulty comes from it's so much working for others that i don't think there's much time for slip to have some slip time yeah. You know what I mean? That's why I, yeah. That's why I think the importance of music has to come in as the trash bard, because that's the way that the real Slip, that isn't just changing their face to be every people's champ, can come through. That's when, yeah. like, the deep down Slip Willis shines through, is when Blasted on the loot after every match, or playing their intro music, or just alone time away from training, when mis- when Mr. Jeans falls asleep at a rough 8.30. <laughs> um and slip stays up training, but also thinking of mom and playing on their yeah. flutes. You know, it's it sounds fun and it sounds very satisfying, but in a personal level, like it sounds like there is very little time for fun or just to, for personal development. You know, or like creating personal relationships yeah. that aren't. Missing. Yeah, you've been traveling with a fucking mushroom for years. Who's Danny DeVito? <laughs> Like, I'm sure that they want love and stuff, and they want friendship that isn't just a fucking mushroom. And they have sure. fans, but I don't think they have anyone in the inner circle because it's just nonstop work and nonstop travel.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: That's, that's a rough life. That's a rough gig, man. It is. But I think it, the The idea is that Mr. Jeans is like, I know, kid, kid, look, look at me. I know it's tough out there for you. <laughs> but one day, this'll all pay off. And it's like, why? Slip is like, why? Like, what, what is my, I don't know if Slip knows what the ultimate goal is. Like, I don't think they do. Mr. Jeans tells them, like, you'll be the greatest wrestler, you know, the greatest fighter in all the world. When the reality is like, this is the hero that the world needs to protect them. Yeah. You know, because I I think that Slip, like, we established in the last episode that like Slip is a human. Yeah. So Slip doesn't ever get to be themself. Yes. You know, the hat is constantly on. The hat is constantly working, hiding their identity, hiding who they are, you know. So that's that's got to be tough. And so I think that Slip has a dream of one day having the power to not have to use the hat of many faces to be the people's champion. Yeah. Because I think they worry about what would happen if they turned off the hat.
1: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, for sure. That's
0: the, the internal struggle of Slip Willis is knowing that they're loved all around the world. However, the bummer is they know that when the hat is off, that there is a person under there that isn't a dwarf, an elf, a halfling, a gnome, an orc, you know, it's just Slip Willis. Mm-hmm. And that's got to be, it's got to be tough. It does, but I think Mr. Jeans is there.
1: That's the secret: is that Mr. Jeans has his heart in the right place. Mm-hmm. He's gruff, but he's got a heart of gold. That's true, much like beloved Hollywood actor Danny DeVito. Very true. So, okay,
0: Th- then in that, then let's let's turn this bummer. Let's flip it around. Okay, so slips at the title match. Let's say they've they've made it. Mm-hmm. They're at the title match. The entire fucking basically the world is watching using magic yeah, right. Skype. You know, like. Yeah. magic pay-per-view and slip has their opponent before the fight starts they turn off the hat of many faces i like that a the lot. great reveal of slip willis happens where yeah. it's a dragon human with flowing red hair happens
1: i think that's exactly what happens Is they come out and they're like this is me this has been me all along and then the fight starts and then they have to win as slip willis not as the people's champion of whatever. Yeah. And I think that's the big question mark of that, of of, of their quest.
0: Is the world ready for Slip yeah. Willis to be them and still be on their side? Yeah. Huh. That's fucking awesome.
1: That's awesome.
0: And meanwhile...
1: Mr. Jeans?
0: Is watching from the outside the ring and just sheds that single tear.
1: Gives a nod. Get him, Slip! Get
0: him, Slip! This is it. The moment you've been waiting for.
1: It's off of this slip. Holy shit! I like I like Mister Jeans. I'm fucking
0: really all about Mister Jeans. I feel like these two characters we could talk for like hours about.
1: Yeah, uh, but you want to roll some? You want to roll on some tables before we wrap up?
0: You want to roll on Mister Jeans? Let's talk about Mister Jeans. I got
1: stuff. I got tables to roll on for Mister Jeans. Let's fucking do it. So the first thing I want you to do is roll me a D six.
0: I have a new D six, by the way, where each d- each side has a different animal on it.
1: Because here's the thing. He said that he's got psychic powers. Jeff,
0: I swear to God, I was trying to think of a segue into psychic fucking powers. Oh so my needs god! you roll
1: me a d six. Four. Also, turtle. He has got telekinesis. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> it's a mushroom that can move stuff with his mind.
0: Yep. <laughs> but what? What good is that?
1: I don't know.
0: <laughs> it's just fucking sweet.
1: It's just a thing. <laughs> he has it, but he doesn't use it. <laughs> I think he uses it one time. And Slip is like, What the hell was that? Wow. Jeff uses it for dumb
0: shit eating. He doesn't <laughs> yeah. hold the hoagie. He doesn't hold it's the just, taco. It just floats it just
1: in front of his it mouth. Oh. It's good. Slip is like, what? Use your hands. I'm moving it but with my mind. He's scratching Slip. himself. <laughs>
0: Telekinesis to scratch his butt. (laughs) Telekinesis to pat slip willis on the back.
1: No, he uses his hands to scratch his butt. That's why he doesn't have his hands free to eat the hoagie. Because he's like, nah, I gotta scratch. Gotta scratch and eat. I think you have an infection. You're always scratching. Nah, it just feels good.
0: Oh my god. (sighs) All right, all right. Mister Jeans, like, is are they? Is he with slip forever?
1: Uh, I don't think. Probably not forever.
0: Like, after the title match, they separate, or does he, like, fade into fucking oblivion? I just kill everyone.
1: <laughs> I think he fades- Well, I think he fades into- I think he served his purpose.
0: Yeah, and so he just turns back into a regular mushroom.
1: No, wait, I know. I Wait, it's wrestling. No, he turns on Slip. What? Wait, yeah, that's, fuck It's a heel turn. Heel turn. Tell me about- What is a heel turn? Alright, let's talk wrestling. This is my element. So, the, a heel turn is a thing in wrestling when a babyface, a good guy- Turns into a heel, a bad guy. Okay. Usually this happens by attacking, by like betraying someone or turning on the fans. Yeah. So here's what I want you to picture. As Slip has won the title, they've achieved their dream. The hat is as powerful as it will ever be. The crowd is cheering. The crowd is on fire. Okay. Slip's moment has come. Mr. Jeans is in the ring to raise Slip's hand. Why does Mr. Jeans have a chair? Why does Mr. (gasps) Mr. Jeans have a steel chair? Mr. Jeans has hit Slip with a steel chair! The crowd is booing. Trash is filling the ring. Mr. Jeans is just standing out there. And he's like, yeah! Yeah! No. It's Mr. Jeans time now!
0: Does Slip Willis have to powerbomb Mr. fucking Jeans?
1: They're gonna have to have a match, but Mr. Jeans is probably gonna recruit a bigger wrestler to be, like, a bodyguard, so that's probably gonna be, like, the spotlight match yeah. is probably going to be like Slip Willis versus the bodyguard, and with the right to be like, if I win my match against, if I win the steel cage match against your bodyguard, I get you alone for five minutes.
0: Wait a minute, can I? Can I? I don't know. I don't know a about a lot about wrestling, but I have an have an image. So, ooh, okay. So Slip Willis goes into the last match, the title match, right? Yeah. Wins as Slip Willis, right? Right. Powerful as ever, the hat has imbued them with Big Jeremy-style power. Right. Mr. Jeans comes into the ring, hits Slip with a chair, takes off the hat, puts it on a hook. It's lifted above the ring. He brings in his bodyguard. Jeff, they have a fucking ladder match to determine yeah. the fate of the hat.
1: Yeah. And as for who wins, yeah, I think that's it for this prompt. Boy, no way. We have to have Slip win. Well, I, I don't, That's the question mark. But they're a god. That's the the question mark. Oh, They could win, or they could have to win the the hat back. Could go either way. That's for our listeners to decide. Jeff, you bastard.
0: Killed Aaron, baby! I was just about to say, oh my god, he's dead! Oh my god, Jeff has killed Aaron! He has completely bewildered him! Damn, Jeff. Is that what the legend of fucking Slip Willis is? Yeah. It's a tale of betrayal. And finding the power within yourself, or just grabbing a hat and becoming a god again.
1: Eh, both. Yeah, it's a little of both. I don't see why it's not both. Oh my
0: god. That's a good prompt. That was that's a good episode. A, that's a really great episode. Holy shit, I'm not gonna say that's a rap on Slip Willis. No,
1: obviously not. But that's a rap on Mr. Jeans. <laughs> yeah, I really like told Mr. Jeans the story. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Fucking Jeans. Also, his voice hurts my throat a lot.
0: Yeah, I mean um yeah, I mean, but sacrifice. Gotta make sacrifices. Oh, for sure. Wow. Thank you, Taylor Labresh at Leviathan Files.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much, Taylor.
0: For fucking Mr. Jeans. And if you love Slip Willis, but you fucking hate Mr. Jeans and you think we ruined the story, how about you go fuck yourself? <laughs> how about that? Fair <laughs>
1: He'll turn by Aaron. Oh my oh, god!
0: <laughs> oh my god! He'll turn by Aaron! He is suplexing his own audience. So thank you, Taylor. If you would like to submit a prompt of your own, you know, tweet it on over, email it on over, Facebook it on over, Discord it on over.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh you can tweet at us at AMFC underscore podcast. Yes you can. Use the hashtag at fantasy or er, hashtag fantasy children. Yup. Uh you can find us on Discord, yep. Facebook.com slash all my children. You can also email us. At allmyfantasychildren at gmail.com. Yes, you
0: can. And uh, last episode, for the first time in like a million years, we forgot to mention Jeff's other
1: podcast. Oh, yeah. I have another podcast. It's called Party of One. It's a two-player role-playing game actual play podcast.
0: Fucking right it is.
1: Uh, this last week, I played a game called Doll with James D'Amato from the host of One Shot. Mm-hmm. It's about a child and their creepy doll, and that child is going through some emotional trauma, and their doll may or may not have their best interests. Mm-hmm in mind
0: check that out uh thank you everybody for your constant support we would never make episodes like this if it weren't for people telling us what they like like people fucking love slip willis so we gonna give you what you want
1: just talk to us No, i appreciate yeah reach out we'll talk to you
0: yeah just give us a fucking itunes review and i'll give you anything you want
1: Or. I mean, don't, and we'll just, and I, and I will take over the show, and I'll just go right back to making wizard jokes. Yeah, exactly. It's up to
0: you. Yeah, you want, you want this don't grow on a tree jokes forever. Let Jeff take the reins. But if you want to talk about non-binary wrestlers,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's the threat. Talk to us, or else wizard,
0: <laughs> or else wizard. But thank you, everyone, and until next time. Good night, good night and good game. game. Oh, one last thing, guys. Before we wrap, this is the part of the podcast where the hosts talk a little bit after the show, but we're recording it at the same time because we're badasses. So, Taylor Labresh at Leviathan Files, host of Game Closet and other fabulous things on Riverhouse Games, sent us a little thing about the legend of Slip Willis that we'd like to play for you. We'll see you later next time, Ice Planet Wrestler Cowboy.
2: Slip Willis. Hmm, I haven't heard that name in years, but yes, child, I'll tell you a story of Slip Willis. Now gather close, cause this is the story of how I cheated death and lost my best friend in the process. Now the city was in peril as the dangerous space jail had materialized from the astral plane, and strange beasts threatened my friends and loved ones. As I was the rowdiest among the villagers, the mayor entrusted me with delving deep into the floating structure. Down, down we journeyed until we chanced upon a rough cave that tunneled into the bowels of that perilous cosmic prison. A scuffling of combat assailed our ears and my ruckus sense started a-tingling. We turned a corner and found a Zorn fighting some prison guards. Now, I don't know if you're old enough to have seen a Zorn, but they're magnificent beasts. All arms and claws, and they live on eaten garbage. It was love at first sight. My friends all wanted to sneak by and leave the beast to its fate, but sensing a trashy kinship, I found bound to help. I rescued that terrible beast and learned its name, Aaron which it had learned in acting school deep in that dungeon. We shared a moment, a bond that would last through all eternity. After we parted ways, I journeyed to the center of that prison and I fought the demon bound therein who had caused the dangerous space jail to materialize in the first place. I was struck by the demon's blade and fell, mortally wounded. I saw a grim figure in blue robes and glasses. The figure approached and greeted me with a hey, party dead person! I pleaded with this grim specter of death to spare my life as I had more ruckus to cause in the realm of mortals. The specter thought a moment, but eventually acquiesced. As I returned to the land of the living, the reaper's whisper strayed to my ears, saying, As you have cheated me from one harvest already, I will take that back as price for your life. And I heard a terrible sound. My beloved trash monster, the Zorn, wailed in agony as the wounds it would have received at the hands of the guards I had rescued it from opened all over its body, and I was powerless to stop it from bleeding its life's blood all across that visitor's lobby. We won that day, and banished the dangerous space jail back from whence it came, but at what cost, I ask? At what cost? Now from worlds beyond to right here at this table, I'll never forget that Zorn, or any of my other fantasy children.